Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am so glad you've joined me today. And I am super excited about today because Today is the first of a really exciting kind of series that we're doing. We are doing a Meet the Cast of Schoolhouse Rocked um, series. We're over the next few months as we lead up to the release of Schoolhouse Rocked, the homeschool revolution, we are going to have as many of our cast members on as we can. And so today I'm super excited to have have someone who we've gotten to know pretty well. He has been on the podcast several times. Many of you have heard him either on the podcast or at conventions. Maybe you've read his books. Israel Wayne, um, he is a really important part of the movie. And um, I am just thrilled to have you back with me. So welcome back, Israel. It's great to be back on your podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I love how the Lord has orchestrated every bit of this movie and our cast members, those who have been part of it. And, and you know, it's not just the cast members. It has been so much part of people who have been praying for this movie, people who have been interviewed for it. A lot of people we interviewed and they just, um, we weren't able to get them in for various reasons, you know, and sometimes it's weird things like the lighting was super off and we just couldn't make the lighting look right, but their interview was excellent. Or I think we had one, uh, interview and, and she had, a um, she had, she was having allergies that day and you could just hear it in her voice and it just was kind of a mess. And, um, and so we are so grateful for those people as well, but we are also so grateful for the people like yourself who the Lord has just clearly made a part of this documentary um, that's coming out so soon. You guys, we cannot wait. We are so excited for you to see it. I know many of you have already seen the the pre-release version of the movie. We are so thankful for your comments and feedback that you've given to us. It's been overwhelming to get that feedback from all of you. And uh, we are super, super anxious for the rest of you to see it. Um, Israel, I, I don't even know how, to be honest with you. I mean, I remember we met you at a Teach Them Diligently convention probably three years ago. And um, I think when we were at that convention, we just said, you know, we need to interview him. We, we knew of you, but we didn't know you yet. Yeah, it was sort of a chance meeting. I don't remember exactly how we kind of bumped into each other, but uh, I, you told me about the film and what you were doing. And of course, I had been part of a film that had been released uh, some years prior called Indoctrination, right. uh, Public Schools and the Decline of Christianity in America. And I knew how powerful God had, how that film was and how God had used it. Literally, I would say tens of thousands of families have either made the decision to homeschool uh, or made a decision to continue homeschooling yeah. from that film. And when you described what you were hoping to do with this film, you know, really reaching a little bit different audience. I, I think that audience was kind of targeting uh, originally the sort of the Gen X um, generation, and and this one targeted a little more to millennials. And 
you know, there's, there's a little bit different dynamic. Uh, you've addressed a little different aspect. That film's kind of one of the, the history of the public school uh, system and right. you know, some of the background of the, the public schools. And you, and you really go through kind of a, I guess I would call it an apologetic for why homeschool and right. you, you address all the big issues the socialization question what about this what about salt and light and you know am i qualified to do this yeah. and what about college and you know just all those questions that and fears that people have yeah um i was blessed to be able to watch the uh pre-release version i actually got a link that, that you guys sent me when i was in portugal i was speaking over there and so watched it in portugal uh and and was just blown away by uh how you know, powerful this film is going to be. So I encourage everybody, make sure you're you're on the email list for Schoolhouse Rock so you get uh, the first offers of pre-release, you know, purchases or, or whatever, and, and hopefully get to, you know, go to the screenings and, and uh, you know, see this thing. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, it, it was exciting to get your review on it. And, um, you know, it's, it's neat to talk to people like you, you, I, I would actually love for you to introduce your family because one mm. of the things that I respect most about you is that you talk a lot about homeschooling, but you also talk a lot about parenting and you tie those two things together because they really are tied together. Homeschooling is parenting and parenting is homeschooling and it's just a part of life. And so I'd like you to introduce your family, and then we're going to talk a lot about parenting this week and what what it looks like to parent as a Christian and to help kind of guide our kids' hearts towards Jesus. So tell us about you and your beautiful wife, Brooke, and your kiddos. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm kind of an interesting phenomenon, I suppose, uh, in the homeschool world, because not only am I homeschool dad, but I was homeschooled. And uh, my wife and I were both homeschooled graduates. Um, my family started homeschooling back as, as far back as 1978, my wife's family 1983. So we were both out really ahead of the modern day Christian homeschooling movement in terms of our experience. And then uh, my mother started publishing a national homeschool magazine in 1988. So not only was I homeschooled, but I grew up in kind of the leadership side of homeschooling. Uh, my mom being one of the founders of the homeschooling movement, um, you know, she used to speak at conferences and wrote books and, uh, our family was featured in time magazine on a front cover oh, story wow. they did on homeschooling. And, you know, so I, I grew up again, kind of not just being homeschooled, but being in, in that leadership side. And so I had a blessing with my mom's magazine because she had through her platform, the ability to, to launch a lot of the careers of the writers and speakers um, who were popular in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and, and moving forward. And so a lot of those people who laid the foundation philosophically for the modern homeschooling movement, I knew a lot of those families. I got to go to their seminars and read their books and read their articles in, in my mom's magazine and to, to get to know their families. A lot of them were in our homes and we were in their homes. And it, it was an interesting dynamic uh, to tie, I'm tying this back into the parenting thing. So my wife and I, when we had our first child, um, I mean, I'd heard hundreds of hours of teaching on family, parenting, education, homeschooling, and really in some ways felt like I was mentored by some of the best, the best of the best. And so I, I really felt like I had a good base and foundation for parenting. Yeah. And I did, I think far more than, than a lot of people. But I also have learned a lot, as, as I think every parent does, uh, when you when you go through this process yourself, my wife and I have eleven children. 
our oldest is 21. So we actually have one that is in adulthood wow. now, legal adulthood. And then our youngest is only four months, um, six girls, five boys. And um, so, so we have four teenagers living in our home right now. I mean, we're just kind of living every, every aspect yeah. or facet of the parenting experience. Uh, it's funny, we meet a family sometimes, they're like, well, do you have any children that would be our children's ages? Like, you have children? <laughs> Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. <laughs> you got it covered, absolutely. <laughs> um, but, but you know, there were things that I noticed with a lot of these teachers who wrote and spoke about family um, that kind of bothered me a little bit because I noticed in the you know 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, moving forward, that there was a disconnect with a lot of these families between great theory uh, which they would sometimes teach, and then how it actually worked out in their families. And I started to try to ask myself, well, you know, what is the the disconnect? Because some of the some of the teaching sounded right, but then they would say later, like that, that this just totally didn't work for mm. our family. You know, we went out there and spoke at conferences for twenty years, and everything backfired on us. Wow. And you know, I didn't expect that. I think we thought that uh, you know the home, Christian homeschooling movement was going to produce these predictable results, yeah. you know, where you put in these ingredients and you always get this outcome every time. And so I've tried to learn not just from what people have taught, but by watching how that actually has worked out in their family dynamic. And then to, to try to do what I can, you know, as best as I can as a dad uh, and as someone who talks about parenting to, to try to know what are mistakes maybe that these yeah. families made. Cause some of them said later, like, you know, we made big mistakes in our parenting or, or we taught this for 20 years and we realized now that was the wrong thing. We shouldn't have been teaching that and it totally backfired. So I've tried to gain as much as I can from not just, you know, great ideas, but actually from watching the fruit of that over, over four decades, you know, and, and see how that actually works out in the real world. Yeah. You know, um, Parenting is so hard. And I always kind of feel sorry for the oldest kids. Um, yeah, my sure. my own oldest being uh, one that, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm sorry, baby, you are the guinea pig. For because sure. you really don't know when you go into it, you can prepare as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, but every kid is so different and every parent is so different. And so when you go into parenting, you know, I, well, I've just said this on the podcast lots of times, we were married 11 years before Brooklyn was born. And so we had so much time to think about parenting and mm -hmm. we talked about it all the time. We, I, I mean, from the time before we got married, of course, we always wanted to have kids. That was my heart's desire was to be a mom. And so I would talk to parents. I would read parenting books. I like, I felt like I'm prepared. I, I've got this. And in a, in a big sense, that was true. There were a lot of things that I felt like I was prepared for and it it did work out kind of according to planned, right? but I'm, I, you know, cause I didn't go into it completely blindly, but right. there were a lot of things that even still today, we're in the teen years now. And there are things that I just am like, man, why did I do that? Or why did I say that? And just feeling like there are so many mistakes that I make. And I hate that. I wish that I could be the perfect parent and I'm not, and I'm never going to be. And that's where God's grace comes in. Um, so yeah. I, I want to jump into talking about some of the common mistakes that Christian parents make. But before we do that, let's take a break and we'll be right back. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts. And we say, this is what you do step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. 
We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. We are back with Israel, and we're talking about some of the common mistakes that parents make. Um, and this is this is hard. Um, it's something that I think is hard for me to listen to because I have good intentions. My heart is right. I really want what's best for my kids. And the hardest thing for me is when my parents, well, not my parents, when my kids come back to me and say, mom, you really hurt me when, or this really made me mad when you said or did this. And sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong. Um, but what are some of the mistakes that you see that are um, causing, that causes division between us and our children? Because it's definitely not the thing that we want to do. Sure. Well, real quickly, I'll just mention, I, I wrote a book uh, called Raising Them Up, Parenting for Christians. Excellent book. We uh, have and- it. And, and this book, um, you know, I, I have a chapter in there on common mistakes parents make because there'll be more than we'll be able to get to in this conversation. Yep. But I think one of the first ones that I, I really want to talk about is a mistake that I saw a lot of homeschoolers make in the 80s and 90s in particular and moving into the 2000s. And it was because there was so much emphasis on teaching your children godly character and you know that just sounded right and people latched onto that and there were character curriculum programs and uh-huh. character charts and you could you know go go through uh, seminars you know on teaching your children godly character and all of that and parents were trying to implement that and they'd have these you know, these wall charts with the 4297 character traits <laughs> that your child's supposed to memorize and emulate and all of this and and, and you know, I remember one organization in particular um, that was popular within the homeschool community. They had developed a character program, and, and they were so excited about the fact that they got it into the public schools. And I remember having a conversation with some of the leadership there. I was not part of that organization, but asking them, well, how did you get it into the public schools? It's a Christian character program. Right. And they said, oh, well, all we had to do was take out any reference to Jesus oh. or the Bible. <laughs> and I was like, well... You know, if you take out Jesus in the Bible, what point of reference do you have right. for character, moral character? Because really, what is the plumb line for for ethics? You know, for behavior, uh, it's either you know what every person thinks is right in their own eyes, right. which is not a standard, or what fifty one percent of the majority of people in a culture at a, a given time thinks is right and wrong. And obviously, you know, that's not uh, objective. Um, or it's got to be something outside of all of us. And if you if you remove God, then you have no moral lawgiver, and then you have no moral law. If you have no moral law, there's no standard by which you can decide that this is good behavior versus bad behavior. Right. You you just completely lost your point of reference. And so what I realized was that there was a, a lot of push, a lot of emphasis on trying to teach our children how to be good and how to do the right things and how to behave well and have good manners and Mm -hmm. things like that. And and on the surface, that all seems good and it seems right. But what I realized we were inadvertently doing as a a conservative Christian community, or, you know, especially within the homeschool community, because that's where I grew up, was that we were trying to take some children who really had never had a heart change, Mm -hmm. who had never really come into a personal relationship with Jesus had never been regenerated by the Holy Spirit, were not born again, you know, who were basically um, heathens growing up in a Christian home. Right. And we're telling them to act like Christians. Right. 
And so I think that there's a real danger within the conservative Christian community, of which I'm a part, um, of inadvertently promoting moralism rather than regeneration of the heart. And if I can just kind of make it practical yeah. real quick. please. Uh, like when my children were little and there would be a discipline situation, uh, say one of my children walks into the room and like kicks over his brother's Lego tower for no good reason at all. Uh, and, and then, you know, it pushes him over or something. And I would say, hey, wait, wait, what did you, why did you do that? Like, that's not all right. You know, tell your brother that you're sorry. Uh, you know, don't do that again. Stop, stop you know, being mean. Uh, play nice, that kind of thing. And, and to me, that felt like good parenting. It felt like corrective discipline, like, hey, I'm teaching them to stop doing the bad things, start doing the good thing. But I came to realize on the macro level that my child's greatest need was not to learn how to stop doing bad things and start doing good things. Their great need was to see their heart. Right. And, to, and so I started to try to teach not just how to have good behavior, but to try to reach the heart behind the behavior and to say, what's going on inside of you that caused you to respond that way to your brother? And you know, I would try to now with my younger children to say, let me tell you, you know, what's going on inside of you. You love yourself mm -hmm. more than you love your brother. And that's why you responded to your brother that way. And, and that's called selfishness and self-love. And we're all born that way. We're all born loving ourselves, putting ourselves first. Uh, I'm like that. You're like that. That's what we're all born like. But that sin, that Bible calls it sin, that sin in us is what caused Jesus to have to go to the cross and die. Right. And so that should concern us. And so I use those moments where I see bad behavior in my child to try to reach the heart of what was going on, whether it's pride or whether it's selfishness or rebellion or whatever else it is, to show them their need for the cross, to show them their need for Christ and to point them constantly not, not just, you know, in church on Sunday, right. but in the parenting paradigm, point them constantly to Christ, right. constantly to the cross. Because as a parent, when I sin, and we all do as parents, you know, we have those days where you just go, oh, I know better. Like, I know that wasn't the right way to respond. And then I just did. Yep. Uh, I've taught other people not to respond that way. And I just did. Um, what, what do we need to do? Beat ourselves up, tell ourselves we're a bad person, have a lot of negative self-talk. Self no, what we need to do is we need to run to Jesus and yep. say, please rescue me from myself. Change me from what I'm like in my own fleshly nature to who you are. Yeah. And that really is sanctification. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. So, so, so backing up, you know, and, and you say, well, you know, we know that everybody knows that. I think on a practical level, maybe we do know it, but we don't do it. I think that in the daily, the daily run of life, we sometimes are so concerned just about trying to train our children to behavior almost in the same way you can train a pet, mm -hmm. you know, to, right. to respond to external stimuli. Right. Uh, or, or we're concerned about how it makes us look to other people. It embarrasses us or doesn't make us look good or whatever. And I just think as parents, it's probably the number one mistake that I see within the conservative Christian movement is having more of a concern of, on externals, how it makes us look. Uh, and the behavior of our children than really being concerned about their heart, about their soul, and to point them back to Christ. Because the same thing that I need, which is to run to Jesus, 
when I see my sinful self is the thing I want to train them, yeah. even in their young years, that what do you do when you see this inside of you, you run to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So how do you, do you see a difference in your older kids versus your younger kids as you were figuring this out as a parent? Because like you said, when your your older kids were little, you would have responded differently to how you respond now. Do you see yeah. a difference in them? Well, I, I don't. And I think it's just the grace of God in that, for one, I think my older children have watched the change in me mm-hmm. as I relate to the younger ones. And so I think they've seen how uh, it was always my intent. Yeah. It was always my heart. Sure. Um, and I did teach them the gospel, but I did it in a more abstract way. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like now we're going to sit down and we're going to have theology hour, right. you know, that kind of thing. And so, you know, it's like it was this separate thing over yeah. here. I didn't incorporate the gospel into my everyday training of my children in the way that I should have, because right. I just didn't know. It wasn't emphasized. It was more, you know, here's how you train your children to obedience and right. you, know, you teach, teach them that they need to stop doing bad things and start doing good things. But, but it, it dawned on me one day, like, that's not my child's great need to stop doing bad things and start doing good things. My, right. my child's great need is they need to know Christ. And, right. you know, it's, it's like uh, one of the famous evangelist said, you know, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. Oh, yeah. And so they really need to have this, this life of, of Christ in them. And so thank God I have a great relationship with my oldest children. Um, it's been such a blessing to see my 21-year-old, my 19-year-old, my 17-year-old, you know, just to see them just blossoming as, as wonderful, godly young people. Yeah. And I have a great friendship and relationship with them. So, so but go, well, finally, you know, on that point, I, I think when we mess up, which, you know, I don't, I don't think it was like, I, I totally messed up. I yeah. just had an incomplete view. Right. Um, but, but I think when we are humble with our children and when we are able to own our mistakes and confess it to our children and they see us having the capacity to repent and to turn and change, I think they, they respect us sure. when we don't do that. Well, then relationally, there's just, you know, there's going to be a disconnect. And yeah. I, I think they've seen that I always meant, well, I always tried my best, just didn't always pull it off. And, and I think they've been merciful to me. I appreciate that. Yeah. Your kids are great. We've met several of them and, um, and it shows your parenting and Brooke's parenting um, really shows in them. So I, I do have another question, but we're out of time. So I'm going to leave this episode with a little bit of a cliffhanger because one of the things that I always try to figure out with my kids is when we're in the heat of battle, in the heat of you know discipline because they've done something, I oftentimes want to bring in God's word and not bang them over the head with it. You know, like my, my heart's desire is to be like, but this is what God's word says. And at the same time, sometimes I wonder if that will make them resentful to God's word because I'm using it as discipline. So we're going to hang on that. We're going to come back on Wednesday, and I would love for you to answer that question. And then we're going to talk about um, some more parenting things. Where can people learn more about you, Israel, and your books and your ministry? They can connect with us at familyrenewal.org, familyrenewal.org. 
They can also visit us on any social media platform. Just look up Israel Wayne or Family Renewal. And we also have a podcast that they can listen to anywhere that they listen to podcasts or on YouTube. It's just called Family Renewal. So we would love to connect with people through those channels. Awesome. We will put those links in the show notes for you. And you guys make sure that if you want to stay informed on the movie, what's going on, when it's going to release and all the details coming up about the movie, make sure you are subscribed to our newsletter. Go to schoolhouserocked.com and just click on the subscribe here button and uh, make sure you're signed up for that. We don't send out a lot. We actually should send out more, um, but because we don't have time, <laughs> we, we send them out seldomly, but as it gets closer to the movie, we will definitely be sending out more updates. So make sure you're in the loop on that. Um, and then please share with your friends this podcast and share about the movie, share about the podcast and um, the Schoolhouse Rock Ministry. We would love that just to help get the word out. So thank you guys. We will be back with you on Wednesday. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you then. Bye. Every year, parents just like you are discovering Classical Conversations, a vibrant, supportive Christian homeschooling program that's been equipping parents since 1997 with the resources, tools, guidance, and encouragement they need to homeschool their children with confidence and prepare them for a lifetime of success. Visit our website at classicalconversations.com to find a nearby community and learn more about homeschooling the Classical Conversations way. Classical Conversations, Christian homeschooling simplified.